Hi, Booze and Buffy listeners, Harrison here. Just a warning that this special episode, as well as the part two follow-up, will contain spoilers not only for the entirety of Buffy the Vampire Slayer the series and Angel the series, but also some minor spoilers for the season eight comic book continuation of Buffy. So if you are not caught up on the series, please turn this episode off and return to it at a later date. Enjoy! Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one by one, spoiler free, except for today. Because, Mm -hmm. just a heads up guys, Harrison's going to explain more, but we are not spoiler free today. Today we are super dupery spoilery. Yeah. And, uh... Watching a lot of horror movies that are really just so damn old they precede World War II over the past week. <laughs> I'm Jason. Uh, and also watching a lot of horror movies from all over the chronological map. I'm Harrison. Uh, Jason, I've really enjoyed following along with uh, the films that you've been watching. Several of them are ones that I've also watched like recently um, for the first time. Like you... Um, and I say recently, like within the last year or two, like um, uh, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari you posted and like Frankenstein and Dracula. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've just I've just been enjoying following that uh, the journey and like, oh, what's he going to watch next? What's he going to watch next? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, like I have it honestly wasn't entirely meant to be um, like universal monster heavy because I've like I've never seen those movies. But um, I decided to, like, pay the extra, like, $10 this month for Peacock because they've got all the Universal Monster movies streaming. And uh, you can watch, like, some of them for free, but they do have ads during it. And one thing I will not do is ads during a movie. Like, that is is bad news bears. Um, I have plenty of other horror movies lined up. It's just so far, like, oh... I've been pretty busy this week, and those movies are only about, like, an hour and 15 minutes long, so it helps. That is the really nice thing about some of those old movies, is that, is the, are those run times? It's like, yeah, love to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently watched the uh, 1930s version of uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which was really good. Cool. With uh, Friedrich March. Um, anywho... <laughs> Uh, this week, this very special episode, uh, we're not just going to be talking about horror movies ad nauseum, although I could. Um, He literally has a blog where he does that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we're going to, we're going to do our Buffy hot takes. Um, some of them will be hotter than others, I think, but we're going to go through the entire series, um, and discuss some of our favorite moments, uh, least favorite moments, episodes, seasons, etc. Um, and also get into maybe some of the more uh, controversial fan arguments. Uh, you're going to learn if we're Spuffy or Bangel uh, <laughs> over here. Really, uh, um, and also I apologize in advance if like all of our takes are just super basic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have I have one take that I know 
is not the uh, the preferred fan opinion, <laughs> and I, I will get there. But I do know I have one where I'm 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 almost afraid to say it because I don't want to lose any listeners. Oh, it's okay. Uh, they 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 come for me anyway. <laughs> I feel like I have a good argument for my position on this on the subject. Well, I look forward um, to it. Yeah. So so yeah, we're gonna we have a list we're gonna go through. Um, some of these will probably be like we'll just real snippy because probably we've already talked about it before, and then some I think will maybe cause more discussion. We'll see. So Jason, what are you drinking? Harrison, I'm glad you asked. I am drinking. <laughs> Sorry, guys, we just had technical difficulties, and this is the third time I've tried to do this. I am drinking a little bit of my Glenlivet single malt scotch whiskey. Uh, it is in mm. celebration of a decanter that I just got from Amazon. Uh, unfortunately, it is not the really awesome decanter that I originally was going to get from Bed Bath & Beyond because I ordered it, and over a month later they said, yeah, we don't have this. Oh, I fucking hate that. But the uh, the new the new decanter, while a little basic in design, still makes the drink tray setup look nice in my uh, living room slash library. So it'll be fun. Uh, please send me a picture of your decanter when we're done here. Because right. I love a good decanter. Okay, it's it's nothing too extravagant, but that's okay. All right, I still want to see it. <laughs> decanter um, pick. <laughs> um, so speaking of basic, uh, <laughs> I am drinking red wine. Uh, in my one of my favorite wine glasses, and I'm very happy about it. I mean, I, I'm not. I wouldn't exactly call that basic. If you were drinking like white Zimf, then I'd call you basic. I wanted originally to do a Bloody Mary, but we ran out of vodka. Um, oh no! Uh, John's parents came up because we needed to deal with some like family stuff. Uh, nothing like dramatic, just like cell phone accounts and uh, shit. That can um, be dramatic. I mean, well, um, <laughs> it, it got more complicated than it needed to be, but I'll I'll, I'll go into I'll tell you about that off recording. <laughs> um, but yeah, John's mom just randomly brought a bunch of like stuff that I think they just had around their house that they were like, yeah, hey, whatever. And like one of them was just a bottle of Bloody Mary mix, and she was like, "Will y'all use this?" And we were like, "I mean, yeah." It was like unopened, like. <laughs> By the way, um, um, so we, Rich and Vicky, if you are listening, um, I love you guys. I don't think they are. I, I love you guys. You all are like the <laughs> nicest people, and your house is wonderful, and you're just a delight to be around. I I don't believe they are listening. Um, Let me say it anyway. But I will pass along. <laughs> I will pass along your message. They are wonder wonderful people. You've got some good um, in laws. Yeah. Um. So. Do you know whose fucking turn it is to do a toast? Oh, hell, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know what? I'll do a toast right now. Go for it. Here is to the wonderful month of October that is truly giving Mm -hmm. us some fall weather. And here is to the hopefully wonderful month of November that'll give us the fall of a tyrant. Cheers. Cheers. (sighs) Ooh, this is like... This is kind of perfect because I always, I almost always drink my scotch on the rocks and um, mm-hmm. there's like a point where the ice has melted just enough to like, 
the scotch doesn't bite as hard, but it like it's it's very smooth and it's um, yeah 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 and it's before it's Love like watered feeling. down. This is like I need to take another sip. <laughs> yes, that's what Daddy likes. <laughs> oh, oh my! <laughs> Daddy oh, likes a lot of things. <laughs> so, um, I I guess I'll get us started with our first uh, topic. Um, Jason, we'll start, we're starting big. Um, <laughs> and I think this one will be easy for you to say. I think, yeah. what is your favorite Buffy season? <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like I've already said this at least eight or nine times on the regular episodes of the podcast. <laughs> My favorite Buffy season is season two. Um, I will say, though, this rewatch of season three and all the wonderful viewpoints that I made of it, um, and that we discussed. It wasn't just me making the viewpoints. You had some, too. <laughs> um, uh, it, it's great. Uh, but yeah, season two, it it truly was like the... A, a, as we mentioned in when we talked about Becoming Parts 1 and Part 2, um, that story, the storyline of Angelus, which had kind of been building up since the very beginning of the show with the introduction of Angel... Um, along with the introduction of Buffy, but, like, I mean, Angel was all mysterious. Uh, but <laughs> the, um, I think we said, like, later on, uh, Buffy would go on to have more unique episodes, like, uh, Hush, The Body, and, um, and, uh, Once More With Feeling, that everybody kind of cites as, like, oh my gosh, these episodes are incredible because they were so novel, but I mm-hmm. think that um, the storyline of Angelus culminating in the season finale of Becoming Parts 1 and Part 2 is kind of like Buffy in its pure form at the very best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no surprises there. Yeah. Um, for me, my favorite Buffy season is season five. five. Um, yeah. I love um i love the i love the main story sorry you kind of like cut out Uh, yeah okay so you so right as you were saying it i tried to i tried to guess it and five so i got it right yay (laughs) let's like try to guess each other's favorite and least favorite stuff oh that's a really good idea yeah Uh, yeah i like that but yeah so so yeah uh, we both we both totally got this one right because uh yeah (laughs) anyway go into your Um, go which isn't surprising yeah go into your uh discussion of season five i think season five i love the maturity of it um it's uh buffy it's really the first time buffy um is tackling a more adult uh more adult responsibilities particularly in the latter half of the season after uh joyce's passing um but just it, um, Buffy's arc throughout the entire season with uh, dealing with Joyce's illness, um, you know, uh, her, raising her sister, um, and then also, but also wanting to learn more about her role as the Slayer and taking a more active approach to that. Uh, I just think her arc throughout that entire season is a thing of beauty, um, culminating in just such a beautiful gorgeous finale uh of the gift and i also think that the rest of the cast throughout season five they like they all of their storylines work really really well um you know there i don't think there's a moment wasted in season five 
uh, for the most part. I mean, when we get there, I have a couple things that I don't care for. I'm looking at you, the Knights of Byzantium. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I think it's a really stunning season of television and um, just really emotionally grounded while also having all of the stuff we really love about Buffy. And um, also, I'll get into this a little more later, but glory fucking rocks. Yeah, yeah. Like, you have all that stuff that you just <laughs> said, plus the fact that Buffy has to fight an actual god. <laughs> yeah. Um, not just a god. and uh, I, I, I'm going to go delve into this more later. But also, like, a dark version of herself, kind of, um, that I really enjoy. <laughs> So, yeah, I love season five. I think it's, I think it's beautiful. I just, I really, really love it. All right. Um, least favorite Buffy season. I'm going to guess that your least favorite is probably season one. Um, so I have three seasons that I consider to be like the, the ones I don't like as much. Um, or at all. Um, not at all. That's not fair to say. But they are 1, 4, and 7. Um, Honestly, those were my three the options. One that really... <laughs> so I'm like, I gotta go with 1. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for me, it's 7. Okay. Uh, yeah, I... 1 is... I mean, 1 isn't great, but it's really charming and fun. Like, there's... Yeah, there's shitty episodes. <laughs> But I can still watch season one and really enjoy it. Season four has a terrible big bad. And the arc of the season is really rough. But I do think it has um, individually really strong episodes. Um, So it doesn't bother me as much. Season seven, though, and this is why season seven is the one that doesn't work for me. Uh, is my least favorite, starts off really strong. I think it has a really great run of episodes, um, and I think it ends in a strong place. But the middle section of season seven is boring as hell. Yeah, it meanders. Um, It meanders so much. Um, I think the first evil is a great villain that sees, like, that middle section of season seven largely wastes... um, and uh, after a great setup at the beginning of the season. And then the a good chunk of the main cast, um, whose names aren't Buffy or Spike, are sidelined in season seven yeah. in favor of the potentials. And the potentials take up so much screen time, but get so little development. It's very, very frustrating. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of good in season seven, but that's, it's just a really frustrating watch because I'm looking at it going, oh my God, this could have been incredible. It could have been their best season, but it really felt like everyone was burned out at the end of it. And maybe, I mean, they might have been. I mean, seven years on a show like this is a long time and it's a lot of work. So um, it's, it's an unfortunate, it's unfortunate that the final season of Buffy is so lackluster. Yeah. Um, But I do really like Buffy's finale. I think it's really good. And I think a lot of it has to do with um, also like the network switch. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Cause like uh, season six, while it has like some good moments, um, I feel like uh, is also kind of like, along with season seven lacking in quality um, that was 
prevalent in the first five seasons, the original run. Um, and I don't mm. know if like, I'm sure there was plenty of like, uh, men in like the top floor, uh, sort of involvement with that. So, yeah. <clears throat> um, so I'm going to guess Jason for you, your least favorite season. And you know, I don't know that you and I've ever talked about this before. Um, I'm, I, I feel like it's probably season six. It is not. I, um, I will say when I first watched season six, it kind of, um, it was my least favorite season because it just seemed like such a strange tonal shift for the series Mm -hmm. as a whole. But I also kind of like have grown to appreciate it more, uh, the more that I have Mm -hmm. aged, um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I feel like that. I appreciate season six more the older I get. Yeah. Um, my least favorite season is actually season four. Um, okay. Yeah, it's mostly because it has probably my least favorite Buffy episode of all. Um, let me make sure that it's in season four and I'm not like making this shit up. Oh, yeah. Where the wild things are. Yeah. Uh, fucking hate that episode. <laughs> it's a fucking orgasm yeah. wall in it. And it's not cool. It's it's bad. It's bad. Like no, like yeah. I get that they were trying to uh have a lot of the college stuff, but mm-hmm. most of it didn't work. And that's why they kind of like almost don't focus on it at all for the rest of the series. Um, and like yeah. where Buffy like flat out just drops out of college or, or is it just yeah. because she's dead? <laughs> I honestly don't remember. No, she drops, she does drop out. She drops out after, after Joyce okay. dies. Yeah. Um, and she has to take care of Dawn. <laughs> By the way, um, we really we, hope that you guys were listening to the fact that we have full spoilers yeah. on. Otherwise we just like ruined a whole bunch of shit for you. Um, I'm going to put, I'm going to record a, like at the very top, I'm going to record like a, spoilers like <laughs> do not listen <laughs> but yeah um i'm looking at some of um, these episodes right now like these episode titles and i can barely remember what the hell happened mm-hmm. in them um there are some good episodes you got something blue which is hilarious you've got hush yes. which is a masterpiece and you've got like the absolutely ridiculous fever dream of restless but um mm-hmm. other than that like there might be some good stuff in it but it just it gets so annoying probably like one of the best mm. things that come out of this season is the introduction of Tara um yeah which I I'm, agree. I'm very happy to talk about uh when we get to those episodes but um mm-hmm. yeah and of course this introduces like we talk about Buffy and Angel <laughs> we talk about Buffy and Spike but this introduces... There's a reason we don't talk Riley. Yeah, fucking Riley. Oh my god. It's like... I... Everybody, like, talks about how annoying Dawn was when she was introduced. Oh my god, do I hate Riley. Like, so, so much. Ugh. Yep. Gross. Yeah. Um, I I had a hard time when I was choosing, like, going back... I was going back and forth between four and seven. It was a... Uh, um, it was a rough time. And even in my first watch through of the show, when I got to season four, because the first three seasons I watched kind of like in a euphoria, even like some of the bad episodes, I didn't even really 
realize that they were bad because I was just enjoying the show so yeah. much. Like, no. Uh, but season it, four was where I started going, like, oof, this is rough. Yeah, and I will say that um, the the cast does bring its signature chemistry. Um, oh, yeah. So, at times, it's, it's almost like watching... It's almost like a sitcom where even if it's, like, a not-so-great episode, you still enjoy it because you love the characters. Um, but, yeah, yeah uh, there's, like... <clears throat> There's not there's so much stuff to dislike about season four, um, including Adam, the big bad, uh, yeah. who is I'll have some things to say about that later on in this. Episode. <laughs> yeah, it's and honestly, like the way that uh, the way that like the Buffy gang goes Megazord to fight him. It's <laughs> it's just silly. Like it, it really yeah. is just silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but anyway that is no. my that is my <laughs> least favorite season of buffy which hey is also the next season that we're <laughs> discussing in the podcast hooray Woo! i i think we'll still have a lot of good oh no we will because i think um, we're gonna have fun i actually think that uh it's more fun to talk about stuff you don't like as opposed to stuff Sometimes. that you do like Sometimes. Um, <laughs> I, I know our beer bad episode is going to be fucking fun. Like, <laughs> um, oh, boy, oh, boy. All right. Moving on uh, to uh, Angel. Take it away, Jason. Oh, uh, I believe you're supposed to ask me. Oh, you're right. I'm bad at this. It's um, okay. <laughs> all right. So, um, favorite Angel season. Um these angel ones are a little harder for me because I, I'm not as uh, as knowledgeable about Angel as I am about Buffy. So, Jason, for you, I'm going to guess... I'm going to guess season five. You got it. Yeah, season five <laughs> is just wonderful. It, um... Mm-hmm. I love that, uh, unfortunately, Angel does have to carry the burden of not being Buffy. And um, it usually has to do this in creative ways, and it it kind of like mm-hmm. it, it does it does very much kind of fulfill that throughout the first four seasons, but in the fifth season it does it with a plum. Like yeah. it's such a um, I honestly think uh, one of the big themes of Buff- of Angel that I honestly didn't realize in full until I saw this season was that sometimes no matter how much you try to do the right thing, you can still mess up and you can still inadvertently end up doing the wrong thing. Um, Yeah. And I mean, at this time, like as a result of the season four Jasmine storyline, the angel angel investigations thought that they were doing a great thing by like, Oh, everybody's completely like under Jasmine's spell. We got a killer. And uh, they do, and this leads Wolfram and Hart to be like, oh, yeah, you stopped world peace. Here's our branch in L.A. <laughs> so they yeah. relocate after, like, them being in uh, them being in the hotel since uh, season two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, them being in the hotel since season two, they have, like, a major, like, not just location change, but just kind of, like, tonal shift as well. And mm-hmm. while the whole show changes, yeah. While I, while like, while I said like season six of Buffy had a weird tonal shift, this one for some reason works like on every mm-hmm. level. Like all of a sudden they have these 
like they're working at their enemy's law firm like they're working mm-hmm. for the big bad and um it leads to some really funny stuff um and also some really like kind of crazy stuff um yeah. at first i would think that the uh the introduction of like spike is kind of just like a little overkill but he manages to make himself a, a place in it and i mean this yeah and this does have some of without a doubt the best episodes of angel with um smile time a hole in the world and of course not fade away the absolutely yep. terrific series finale mm-hmm. um season five is so you know morally complex yes in a different way than the show had been up to that point and angel was always a little more interested in exploring the moral complexities than buffy was not that buffy didn't but that was what angel was about and um yeah it i loved i i John and I were watching Angel recently and we were as I was watching season five, I was thinking about that, about the, you know, this is recurring theme that they are, you know, they've joined Wolfram and Hart out of a desire to do good. But as they, as the longer they're there, the more they realize that it doesn't matter how much good they're doing there. It's not enough. Oh, because they have to make so many compromises and it's so it's so interesting. And I and I feel extremely bad because I was listening off those really great episodes and I forgot you're welcome. The hundredth episode of Angel and Mm -hmm. such a great like goodbye to Cordelia, um, who had like been absent for the majority of season five up to that point. And after the events of season four. And yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna say, and arguably, she was absent for the events of season four as well. Charisma was there, but uh, well, <laughs> we'll have things to say about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. I agree with you. Season five is great. Um, what do you think my favorite is? Oh, um, I'm guessing it's not season five. Um. <laughs> Could it be? Um. I know that you really like the the jasmine storyline of season four just because you love um uh oh the actress's name who plays jasmine uh gina torres gina torres yeah i feel but i also know that you hate the connor storyline in season four um if i had to go with a season of angel i'd guess season three um i I was going back and forth, so I was thinking about that between five and two. Okay. Um, and I I went with two because um, I really love the arc that Angel has in season two, where he um, he doesn't lose his soul, um, but he does like lose his morality. Oh, that I think that's that was really the, yeah, interesting. That was the one that had the episode that he doesn't say anything in yes yeah um except for like his voiceover yeah it's i just i love once again we're in that moral complexity of he's not angelus but he's he's also not the angel that we know um and um i i i think that's i think that's such an interesting arc to play um and i really love it and of course that season wraps up with the fucking wonderful, totally weird and out of place arc in Pylea. Oh yeah, no, I, <laughs> I I remember thinking like when I first saw that season, 
Like, okay, this is a this is a change, but you know what? I liked it. It's, I really liked yeah. it. it. I that arc exists, I believe, for two reasons. One, I do think it is just a bit of a palate cleanser for the season up to that point, which had been really dark. And also what was simultaneously happening on Buffy, which was the end of season five, which is really dark. Um, but I also think it's a way for the show to say, um, to kind of explain like, here's why Angel and the gang aren't in Sunnydale, <laughs> you know, helping avert this apocalypse because they're in another dimension. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's just, it's convenient in that way, but it's also really fun. Um, uh, uh, but, two things uh, that will give season two... Um, one, the introduction of Lorne, who is mm-hmm. yes. so wonderful. Um, and two, um, you mentioned like uh, all the stuff that was happening in Buffy season five. I love how they are able to, um, like, they have the great Pylea ending. And then at the very end of the episode, yes. they walk into the hotel and see Willow there. And he's like, what's wrong? And... I don't know, like, I, there are times when Buffy and Angel cross over, and I love that there's just this little, little bit of a crossover with Willow mm-hmm. being there. I don't even know, does she have a line when she says that, or does she just look up and... She she doesn't. Okay. She, they walk in, I think Cordelia's like, Willow? And uh, Willow just looks at Angel with this look on her face, and... Angel just like his whole demeanor drops and he just goes, it's Buffy. And that's like where the season ends. Yeah. And it's, I just got chills. Yeah. No, I just got like chills saying no, that. No, like it's, it's so impressive, like how they were able to do so much with so little. And it like, it mm-hmm. speaks to the history that they have built with this universe and with the shared universe. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. And I loved it. And also that's like the last time that, uh, Buffy and Angel would be on the same network. Yep. Um, therefore, making uh, crossovers more difficult. Yep. But they did happen, so bravo to that. Yeah. Bravo to that production team. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, Harrison. Uh, we're going to talk about our least favorite Angel season. Um, and I believe yours is probably season four mm-hmm. because of Cordelia. Yeah, because of Cordelia. Um, well, <laughs> I mean, it's even not just Cordelia, man. It's, I do, you know, you mentioned the Jasmine arc, and I do like th- that, like, kind of set of episodes of Jasmine. I think that that's interesting. Um, but everything else up, leading up to that is a fucking mess. It really the is. The season doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It, and they kind of hand wave it where they're like, oh, everything leading up to the to Jasmine was um, like all for this like world peace utopia thing. But that doesn't make any fucking sense when it was all like death and destruction. And they wave it away by being like, oh, it was like birthing pains. And I'm like, I mean, okay. And the fact that I do find Jasmine interesting and that conflict with Jasmine interesting does not doesn't change the fact that getting there sucks. Yeah. It's a slog. Um, it's, you know, they completely, completely destroy Cordelia. I mean, she's not even Cordelia for most of the season. Yeah. Um, it's a fucking waste of Charisma Carpenter's talents. Connor is awful. 
Um, and um, they even bringing back Angelus doesn't work because they they lose all the nuance of Angel and Angelus. Um, they they literally say in season four, Angel and Angelus are two separate entities. Whereas up to that point, that has not been the case. It, it, they are the same person. Angelus is just stripped of all morality. Yeah. Um. So it's 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 all bad. I mean, I don't want to say it's all bad. That being said, I spin do. Spin the bottle exists. Yes. In that yes. Season. Spin the bottles there. Also, I <laughs> it's, I do like the excuse that they had to bring Faith back. Um. Because. Oh yeah. Yeah. I do love that. Yeah, and it's like Faith is probably one of the few saving graces of that season. And it's and it's a nice little culmination of the fact that like Faith had a couple of appearances in Angel mm-hmm. up to that point, but never like anything major besides like the uh yeah. the crossover at the end of season one with Buffy. Yeah. And um and then like the, And she has a cameo at uh the season two of season premiere two, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. So yeah, I um, was. So yeah, season four is a fucking mess. <laughs> it, it is, and I'm gonna save you like time. That is also my least favorite season. Yeah. Um, yeah, like oh god, there was just the when Connor had sex with the thing that was Cordelia. We don't need to talk about it. We are talking about it. this. Is why it sucks. <laughs> um, I know. Uh, yeah, no, it's Connor just. I understand what they were trying to do with Connor in season three, and it was a nice. It's just real. Yeah. It, it was a nice like attempt at having an interesting story, but then like he just kind of was there and continued to persist and be his awful self for all of season four. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's awful. It's it's really terrible. Yeah, and the Jasmine story arc is, it's just weird. Like, I remember watching the Magic Bullet and thinking like the fuck is this um <laughs> like there actually is a magic bullet in that episode <laughs> that's true like, oh god oh, i will say one good thing i do i i think in season four is the wesley lila relationship um which is i think one of the more interesting couples on the show it is um yeah this this season did give the uh, after wesley betrayed angel in season three um it did kind of like give an interesting way for them to build back their relationship um of course that just makes me think of season three when uh when angel when wesley's in the hospital and angel like goes in and tries to suffocate him under a pillow oh my gosh but that's in season three but that badass moment was not in season four (laughs) nope (laughs) um all right. Well, I I feel like we've said what we have to say about season four of Angel. <laughs> yeah, um, boy, that'll be fun when we get to it. <laughs> all right, uh, Jason. I I don't even have to guess. What's your favorite Buffy episode? And uh, yeah, it's becoming part uh, part one and part two. Yeah, I'm cheating and putting two episodes, but it's part one and part two. Um, no, it's it's everything that I said before about season two of Buffy. It's um it's an amazing culmination. It's uh it's and it also is like huge steps forward for a lot of characters and huge moments for each character. Um you have like the first kind of actual team up with Spike. Um mm-hmm. you have uh Joyce finding out that Buffy is a vampire slayer. You have the death of Kendra, 
you have the um you have willow really experimenting with magic by reinstalling angel um you have xander being a total fuckwad um <laughs> you have the uh you have the uh the scene of jo- of uh joyce of uh giles being uh tortured by angel and then later by drusilla with uh her pretending to be uh jenny calendar and um then of course you have buffy and angel you have like their sword fight you have the moment uh you have close your eyes and it's just like just perfection really Mm -hmm. agreed agreed and i absolutely know for a fact what your favorite buffy episode is harrison (laughs) your favorite episode is the gift my favorite episode is the gift Um, for a minute there i'm like wait a minute is it the body no it's the gift I will say it was the body for a long time, and I do I I do think the body is incredible. But um, more recently, I've 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 shifted over to the, my favorite episode being the gift. Um, I I just I just think it's a stunning episode. I don't I don't think there's I literally don't think there's anything wrong with it. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to like even come up with a minor complaint about it, uh, and I don't have one. From the opening no <laughs> that's just Buffy fighting. <laughs> um, just Buffy fighting just a regular old vampire, um, which is such a great place to uh, uh, to start this. Um, through to the end, her fighting with Glory. Um, Giles killing Ben. Um, you know, all of the Scoobies coming together and... Um, to, to fight glory and her and her her minions and then of course just the the beautiful final scene of buffy sacrificing her life um to save her sister to save her friends and to save the world um and then the shot of buffy's uh, buffy's headstone she saved saying, the world a lot she saved the world a lot which is it's it's great because i'm always whenever i watch it i'm always crying by that point (laughs) because just all of it has come together but then that she saved the world a lot makes me laugh but then cry a little more um because it's um because it's 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 weirdly glib but also earnest you know what i mean yeah like no and it's perfectly sounds like a (laughs) yeah it sounds like a joke but it's not because she did. She saved the world a lot. I just think it's a perfect episode. And um, I I get so intensely emotional watching it. Um, and part of that, too, is because I think season five has just done such an incredible job of reaching that moment. Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember. I love the gift so much. <laughs> I remember when we, uh, when we had, like, our Buffy Angel Marathon and um, mm-hmm. everybody was, like, picking their favorite episode of Buffy or their favorite episode of Angel. And while you didn't pick The Gift, you picked the introduction of Glory. I picked No Place Like Home. Yeah. I think that's a fucking incredible episode. It, it really was. And, An underlooked one. And the funny thing was, was that it, like, none of us really, like, every, when we were initially discussing it, we are like, that's an interesting choice. Um, and I think that kind <laughs> of is the stigma with season five. Most people forget how good it is. It's like, mm-hmm. 
Because it's not season two or three, which is like where I think a lot of the praise goes for Buffy. It's not like season six where um, like kind of drew a lot of attention for one being on a different network and also like for really going hard on like, you know, the gay relationships, um, Mm -hmm. the uh, and like Dark Willow being such a huge part of that. Um, But it's kind of like nestled in between the big part like the the parts that most people think about when they think of Buffy and unfortunately it's a disservice to the season because the season is great um especially because uh Riley leaves like a fucking punk because he's like (laughs) Um, he gets addicted to vampires sucking his blood that's so fucking stupid and so fucking Riley that is I will say honestly of my two (laughs) of my two season five complaints it is Riley, um, and it's the Knights of Byzantium. Um, oh, yeah. Um, but otherwise... Also, uh, yeah. also, I will say this. Um, there aren't really any huge crossovers between Buffy and Angel in Buffy Season 5, but there is that one beautiful moment where it's um, the episode after the body, and um, it's mm-hmm. Joyce's funeral... And everybody else has left the graveyard, and then Angel comes because he knows that, like, he he found out, and he knew that he had to be there for Buffy, yeah. and he says that he'll sit with her until the sun rises, and, oh, that was, because I didn't know that it's was beautiful. happening. Yeah, they don't, they don't really, like, mention it in Angel, and, like, that's what, like, mm-hmm. I, I love that it's such a nice little surprise. I don't even think they say that uh, yeah. David Bor. I don't think he, David Bor is credited in that episode. Um, Ooh, that's a good question i don't remember it's no it's a beautiful and it's what's great about it too is it's just that one scene it's not like they went out they went they're like it's the angel crossover it's not it is it's one scene it's not even the most important scene of the episode but it's that's what makes it so beautiful i think yeah the next one i don't think you're going to be able to guess mine for this one oh your um your favorite angel episode no we're not there yet we're at least favorite oh least favorite buffy pardon me <laughs> um <laughs> all right uh least favorite buffy um so the thing about you is that even if an episode is terrible you still enjoy it your thing not just I can enjoy yeah, it your thing not just with buffy but with other things is that the biggest sin that uh, an episode of TV or a movie can have is that it's forgettable. And mm-hmm. um, so if I had to pick a least favorite episode of yours, huh? Yeah, this is tough. Um, ooh, is it the one where Dawn might be a potential slayer? Oh no! Actually, I I quite like that episode. Really? Actually. Okay. I know that there's yeah. somebody. It might be. It might be Ben. It might be uh, Michael <laughs> Holiday. But I know there's somebody who absolutely hates that because of the tease of Dawn being a potential. Um, I guess I got that mixed oh, up. That's so funny because that's why I like the okay. episode. I like the tease that it could be her, and then that it's not. And I. I actually, that's one of the episodes I really like in that stretch of season seven, um, because I also love the grace with which 
Dawn accepts that she's not the potential slayer. Yeah. Um, it's a really good episode for her. I like um, that no. too. But you're in the right uh, area. Okay, in the right season. Um, I don't know. It's been such a long time since I've watched season seven that uh, I I don't remember every single episode detail by detail. So, I, yeah, I'm going to blank. Sorry. <laughs> All right. That's okay. Well, a lot of those episodes run together anyway. That might so be why. Be forgiven. <laughs> so, my least favorite episode. I almost went with Where the Wild Things Are, actually, because that one is also really fucking bad. <laughs> but Where the Wild Things does have a couple, like, really funny Anya lines in it. So I'm yeah. like, all right. And that's also has uh, Giles singing Freebird. So I'm like... All right. Um, you mean um my least favorite? Wait, you mean uh behind blue eyes? Behind blue eyes. He sings Freebird in a different episode, yeah. right? Um, um, my least favorite Buffy episode is season seven. I don't remember the number exactly, but it's about midway. Um, the killer in me. Uh, episode thirteen. Episode thirteen. This is the one ugh, where Willow kisses. Kennedy and her guilt over kissing Kennedy causes her to start transforming into Warren. And it's awful. It's sorry, just, I forget how much you hate Kennedy. I part of it is is yes, that I really don't like Kennedy. I, I really, really dislike that character. But I will say more than that is that the episode is bad. Um it 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 play it it could be great. This idea of Willow processing her grief over Tara's death by uh by taking on the form of Warren, the person who murdered Tara and who Willow in turn murdered, that's not a bad concept. Yeah, that's a cool idea. But yeah, but tying it to Kennedy is is frustrating because it almost shuts Tara out of the situation entirely. And then, also, it's just poorly done. I think Allison Hannigan and, um, oh gosh, uh, Adam Bush, who plays Warren, I think mm-hmm. they both do a really good job. It's like, it, The acting is very impressive. But the episode is bad. It's mm-hmm. just bad. And I don't even know how to say it any more than that. I hate it so much. I, I hate that episode. That is my least favorite episode. I dread watching it. I would watch Go Fish five times before I'd watch Killed by, or The Killer in Me. Well, you know, we're going to have to eventually watch it. I know, and I will, but I'm not going to like it. might not be for a while. We might be able to actually, like, <laughs> hang out again before we get to that episode. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, so, Jason, your least favorite, you've already told uh, us, yeah. unless you're going to pick a different one just for this, no. is where the wild things are. It is. It's... it's oh God, I... I cannot stress how much I dislike Riley. Um, Mm -hmm. It's clearly like, it's clearly meant to be, oh, the only person that she, like she can't be with a vampire anymore. So the only person that Buffy can truly be with is somebody who understands her. And Riley does that by being in, um, what is it? The initiative? Yes. Oh God. Um, (laughs) But yeah. And like, so the entire the entire episode, the entire episode <laughs> revolves around this house that is fucking haunted 
because Buffy and Riley are just having sex. And this makes the entire house haunted by a sex demon. And this isn't it's the so Buffy wiki. It's fucking awful. This isn't the Buffy wiki. This is actual Wikipedia. I'm looking at the plot synopsis right now, and there's actually a line that says the two continue their sex romp throughout the night. Like, fucking... Ugh. Oh my god, I... It's truly yeah. terrible. It's so bad, and it's not even the... Oh, it's not even... It's not even, like, the good kind of bad. It's just, like, yeah. the stop it kind of bad. Like, ugh. Literally, the only... Like I said, the only thing that that pushed the killer in me up to, to worst for me was that Anya has some gems in this episode. She does. Like, there's that bit where they're like talking about the house because her and Xander are having a spat during the episode, and Xander she's like like she's got like her hands up on the house, and Xander's like, "What do you feel?" And she's like, "Upset, depressed, like a little hungry, all these things." And he's like, "No, about the house." And she goes, "Oh, still haunted." <laughs> <laughs> that's that was like that's a funny line, but yeah, everything else is just it's it, it's a weird combination of like like you said. Focus on Riley, which is not never good, uh, combined with a really dumb idea. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, and normally I am totally down for episodes that are all about sex. I mean, sex, baby, let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good times and the bad times. But I don't want to talk about sex in this episode. It's... Well, it's... you know Riley is not good at it. <laughs> like, you just know. I don't know, like... <laughs> And, you know, it might be that he and Buffy have sex so much because Buffy knows that she can have sex with him over and over again without him turning evil. I mean, um, and good for her. I mean, I get it where you can if you need to. But yeah, And by the way, like yeah. a funny note, Roy, who is the first bo- who is the first person to touch the orgasm wall. It says the enchanted wall. It's an orgasm wall. It's a wall it's that you touch. Wall. It's a wall that you touch in the house. To, that gives you an orgasm. And you know what? It has all this stuff going forward and it's still bad. You would think that yep. something that has an orgasm wall in it would be good. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm freaking out. But Remember Roy... that girl who like shaves her head? Yes. Fuck. By the way, Roy, who is the first person to touch the orgasm wall, is also one of the guys who turns into a caveman in Beer Bad. So he's just like... Oh. Yeah, he... Wow, two for two. <laughs> it's not great. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, I got, like, no. super hot about that Buffy hot take. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, so next is uh, Favorite Angel episode. Jason, I'm going to assume yours is not Fade Away. Yeah, I mean, I did, like, publish that list of, like, some of my favorite TV episodes, mm-hmm. and it is not Fade Away for Angel. And... Gosh, it's it's so great because it really does encapsulate what Angel was all about. It's like Buffy is about fighting against impossible odds and winning. Angel is about fighting against impossible odds and kind of winning. It's like yeah. the fight never stops. Um, mm-hmm. And that's shown in the very last scene where like, oh, hey, 
we killed all the members of the circle of black of the black thorn but um yeah like wolverman Hart is still like the senior partners are pissed and now they're like gonna send this army of monsters towards us which includes a fucking dragon um yeah but, and that final line of angels, let's go to work. Yeah, like, no, this it, is what we do. It, it is, and mm. like that's kind of, and that's kind of what's so great about Angel. It's like Buffy is clearly good against evil, but Angel is like, we think we're good, but are we evil? I mean, that was kind mm. of characterized by all of season five, and I love yeah. the lead up to not fade away where everybody thinks that angel's just kind of like turning bad he's like fully going in with the senior partners Mm -hmm. and when he reveals that he is actually trying to take down the senior partners representation on earth which is the circle of the black thorn i mean it's so great and you get to have these awesome moments with everybody um because everybody basically is like this is going to be a suicide mission where we might not make it out alive um mm-hmm. and wesley does not make it out alive and what is Ugh. oh my god and so the scene oh. where like <laughs> i know i feel the same way <laughs> no like it, it takes a really special episode of tv to make me cry and watching and at first i thought i was gonna be able to hold it together but watching the um the scene where uh, Illyria shows up to a dying Wesley and um, earlier in the season he had said that he never ever wants Illyria to pretend to be Fred but then she says can I pretend for you now and he says yes and so as Wesley dies he doesn't see Illyria's face he sees Fred's face and oh god that oh god like the waterworks <laughs> the waterworks um right? but I think my absolute favorite moment of or my absolute favorite part of the episode is the fact that um you really do think that uh angel is gonna fight that last guy who like who like has like the blood boy or whatever i can't remember his name and to the point where even marcus hamilton Mm -hmm. thinks that that is gonna be the case but then angel reveals that like oh no this is the fight that i'm here for and it's such a good fight between him and marcus hamilton i love it so much and it leads up to this and i love connor being in it like that's the great thing about season five it's like the one time we're ever gonna say that (laughs) yeah no i love that connor's able to show up and be like and he and angel have this great like father-son moment of hey let's kill this fucker um and but i think my absolute favorite moment is when um like it looks like marcus hamilton has the upper hand on angel and he says, like, you never stood a chance against me. The blood of the senior partners flows in my vein, in my veins. And and Angel's like, that's probably the one word you shouldn't have said. Then just, oh, hey, remember that Angel's a vampire? And just, yeah. like, starts sucking his blood and then beating the shit out of him. It's, it's action-packed. It's emotional. It's so mm-hmm. good. Ugh. And, yeah. yeah, there are a lot of people who are pissed off by the ending that it's, like, kind of a cliffhanger. But at the same time... It's kind of not. Um, so Bill Willingham, who wrote uh, some of the Angel comics, um, I actually got to meet him at a convention. And uh, he thought that everybody wanted him to sign his comic book fables, which is really good. 
if you're a fan of Once Upon a Time, you will love Fables. Um, but uh, Fables is good. <laughs> yes. I say that as a fan of Once Upon a Time. I know it's trash, but it's like it's like that it's that kind of like it's it's junk food, you know, for me anyway. It's like that sort of drunk junk food that like I'm not gonna sit there and expect to st- intellectual stimulation i just want the carbs but yeah um the uh but yeah and we talked about uh like one he was really surprised that i like uh also had angel comics for him to sign and we literally had this like really good discussion about just how great not fade away was and he thinks that it's one of the best tv finales ever and i mean yeah it may seem like a cliffhanger but it's not it's more just and granted, the story does continue in the comics, but it does kind of stand as like, um, yeah, I just love, I love, um, like, I love the fact that like, hey, we're always going to be fighting evil. Always. Yeah. So let's do it. I I feel like, I, I love the episode too. I think it's incredible. I will I will admit though, my first time watching it, when it ended, I went, what the fuck? What? <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, but upon reflection, when thinking about it, I was like, oh no, like, yeah, that's great. Um, I will say there are two moments that you didn't mention that I think are really fucking wonderful that I just want to bring up. One is right after Wesley dies and the, uh, I can't remember his name, but that the demon that kills Wesley like approaches Illyria and he's like, oh, a little girl. And Illyria turns and like mid turn, she like reverts back to her natural Illyria form and punches him through the fucking skull. (laughs) It's really, it's like, it's so cathartic. It really is. (laughs) Um, But also in my opinion, the most heartbreaking scene of the episode um, when Lorne murders Lindsay. Oh yeah, I didn't even um, mention that. But gosh, when because it's because we don't know what he, Lindsay and Lorne are sent off, and Lorne tells Angel, "Once I do this for you, I'm done. You won't see me again." And we don't know what, but once they kill the person they're supposed to kill, Lorne shoots Lindsay. And Lindsay, as he's dying, is like, no, you you don't kill me. You're a sidekick. Angel kills me. And then he dies. And that just in and of itself is like, whoa, there's a lot to unpack there. But also just this moment of Lorne, like, understanding that, yeah, Lindsay would have betrayed them. He had to be dealt with. But that was the final straw for Lorne. He could not do it anymore. And wow, it's stunning. Yeah. How many times have I said, wow, it's stunning tonight? Hey, man, that's that's just that's just part of it. Um, your favorite episode of Angel. You're not going to guess it. Probably not. I, well, um, maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I know you really like A Hole in the World, because who doesn't? Um, mm-hmm. I want to say... I don't think we've ever really talked about, like... I feel like normally when we talk about stuff, we're talking about Buffy and um, every now and again. Yeah. If I had to guess, I'd say I'm kind of torn between Lullaby and Mm. You're Welcome. Uh, Okay. Wow. Those are both incredible episodes. And uh, definitely in my top 10, uh, I actually went a weird way with this one as I was thinking about it earlier. Okay. 
it, it surprised me when I was like just thinking. I just I made kind of like a small list for myself of what I like the best ones, and it surprised me when the one that I came out with as the best is Shells. Um, okay, so which the is one the episode after a after Hole in the World. after a Hole in the World. Okay, no, yeah, like no, those last basically from a Hole in the World on, it's like ridiculous yeah, it's like quality boom, boom, boom. yeah shells it, it this surprised me i was like oh i'm learning something about myself <laughs> um i don't think it's necessarily the best episode of the show um i do think there are some better episodes actually i would say the two you listed are potentially better episodes but i am so impressed by shells because of what it does for the character of illyria it is it takes a it takes a character who was introduced by killing a beloved character for 45 excruciating minutes and then hijacking her body. And then by the end of that episode, another 45 minutes later, I was empathizing with this character, with Illyria. And that's impressive. I just, I, I think there is something... I, I don't know. I'm just like, I, I watch that and I go, oh my God, how do you do that? How do I do that? As a writer, I'm like, how do I, how do I do that? As like, yeah, that, it's such a characterization. Yeah. And it's such a bold move for like mm-hmm. Illyria in general is such a bold move because at first you would think, oh, it's just Fred being possessed by a demon. But mm-hmm. no, Fred is actually dead and Illyria is yeah. just using her body. Of, yeah. And that was like something that was really hard for me to get over, like get around, mm-hmm. like it's, and yeah, the Illyria arc, while short, since it's only the last part of Angel, is still really, really good. And yeah. I mean, she gets so much characterization in maybe what seven episodes at most. Um, yeah, and so uh, I, yeah, and um, Amy Acker, like, just, oh my god. Fantastic. So good. So fucking incredible. Um, I also think it's cool because I think the impression, at least me, when I watched it, I was like, oh my God, this is the big bad of the season. Illyria. This is our villain. And then she's not. Yeah. She, she's a, she becomes a member of the team, you know, reluctantly at least. But yeah. Um, but yeah, there are so many really good Angel episodes that I could have said, like you mentioned, Lullaby, You're Welcome, um waiting in the wings smile time waiting in the wings oh my god yes there um but there was something about shells that just really i was just like wow what an impressive feat of writing uh and acting and and all of it i'm so excited that we get to start angel soon because it's 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 a series that i honestly haven't watched too much i feel like i revisit buffy a lot more than i revisit angel which is like me Which too. is interesting because, like, Angel is my favorite kid, Buffy <laughs> character, so... But yeah, um, okay. Now we're I think doing... Buffy's easier to rewatch. It to is. Re- to revisit than Angel. Angel's so serialized that it's... You kind of yeah. have to take it all in. Alright, now we're doing least favorite uh, Angel episodes. And, um, alright. I'm gonna guess that your least favorite Angel episode is let me see let me make sure this is right yeah (laughs) apocalypse now-ish oh god because that's the one where 
Angel and, or not Angel, Cordelia and Connor sleep together, right? Yep. Oh, fuck. Hmm, maybe it is. <laughs> that's not the answer I had. Pre- that's not the answer I had prepared. Um, but goddamn, that was really bad. Um, I'm going to go with the answer I had prepared, but I am going to be like, hmm. Yeah, that one's rough. Uh, the one I was thinking of is actually a season one episode called She. Um, oh, yeah. I already remember that one. It's, yeah, I, not great. It's about like a demon who's a woman from, I, I, I honestly can't even remember what it's about. I just know I hate it. Um, All right, let me let me give you the, like, the, the about brief synopsis. In okay. She, <laughs> Angel joins forces with Jahira, a demon princess on a desperate mission to rescue enslaved women escaping from a home dimension where the men exert absolute control over the women by mutilating them with a spinal lobotomy when each comes of age. After the showdown at a health spa where Jahiria has set up a sanctuary for her fellow refugees, Angel confronts the arrogant princess about her cavalier disregard for the safety of humans, specifically Cordelia and Wesley. Acknowledging each other as self-appointed champions of the helpless, the two demons achieve mutual understanding before parting ways. It's a terrible episode. Honestly, like, awful. yeah, honestly, like, reading that <laughs> makes me not want to watch it. It's so bad. I just, yeah, I just, I, the thing about Buffy and Angel that I find is a bad episode of Buffy, not, not, you know, this isn't necessarily always the case, but a bad episode of Buffy still has a certain level of, you know, Buffy has a certain level of camp that it can rely on that can make even a bad episode like I Robot You Jane or Beer Bad enjoyable in a way angel doesn't have that camp to to fall back on as much so when an episode is bad it's usually just oh it's usually just like really bleak and boring mm-hmm. um and you know that's that is a blanket statement that is not necessarily always true but yeah i just that one always stands out to me when if i do a rewatch i'm just like oh this one um so yeah um Oh, Jason, ooh, for you. Hmm. I don't know. I honestly, I'm not sure. I'm I'm excited to hear what your answer is. So, I, like, literally just had to... You would think that it would be something involving, like, uh, Vincent Carthriser as uh, Connor, but it actually <laughs> is an episode. The first thing that came to mind, and, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen season four, so I'm sure there's plenty of episodes in there that mm-hmm. I could pick. Um... The one that comes to mind is probably Provider. Uh, the, oh, yeah. yeah like, and this is when Connor was a baby. And it's right when um, Angel kind of like realizes, oh, I need to like start saving money for Connor and make him a college fund or whatever. And it just seems so... Nobody really seems to be in character for that episode. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's... Everyone seems kind of dumb in that episode. Yeah. And, like, they they really focus on the whole, like, oh, we need to, like, uh, we need to make as much money as we can and stuff. And, like, it's like, what, did Anya take over the fucking Angel's investigation? <laughs> um, uh, um, yeah, it's, it was, like, when the only thing that I can remember specifically about the episode is walking away with a not-so-great feeling of it, then, yeah, that's just... It wasn't great. Um, yeah. Also, like, it, it kind of, like, pushes forward this Angel-Cordelia relationship, which, I mean, I'm kind of jump putting the ho- the cart before the horse, but it always, that the relationship <laughs> always seemed awkward to me. 
And yeah, I'm not. I, I wasn't feeling it, and this this episode kind of emphasized it. Uh, but yeah, so provider. Sorry, I don't have too much to say yeah. on it because it, yeah. it's not something that I've revisited. But yeah, there's that. <laughs> Um, I also want to give an honorary mention or dishonorary mention to uh, the season one episode expecting, which is the first time that Cordelia is demonically impregnated oh, against her. Oh God, world. I forgot about that. Ugh. Gross. I hate that I have to say first time. <laughs> so not even the All worst right. time. <laughs> All right, so moving on, we're going away from uh, uh, episodes and seasons, and we're going to talk about relationships. Bam, chicka, wham, wham. All right, Jason, Bangel or Spain, Bangel or Spuffy? I almost said Spangel, and you know, I you, that's the you know the which one, one that Buffy wants. I would pick. That's the one that Buffy wants. <laughs> um, Bangel, uh, like. So I know that a lot of people are, um, I know that a lot of people get into the fact that, uh, oh, Buffy was super young when she, uh, started being with Angel. Like, it was the first guy that she was ever in love with. Um, I think just because it's your first love doesn't mean that it's not a, that it's not your love. I mean, Mm -hmm. and everything between everything that Buffy and Angel went through seemed just so like heartbreaking. And the fact that even in spite of the odds, even in spite of the fact that like, Oh, them consummating their relationship means him dying or means his soul leaving him again is like the fact that they still wanted to be together through that. They still loved each other through all of that is, um, is kind of like a testament to their love and it, and it's not like and it's not like um Buffy wanted to be in an abusive relationship because when she was with Angel she wasn't in a, an abusive relationship it was only when he's Angelus is when that like is meant mm-hmm. to signify an abusive relationship um yeah and but no like basically i it boils down to the fact that uh with Buffy and Angel i actually thought that they were in love with Spike mm-hmm. and Buffy, it really just seemed like they were fucking each other for the convenience of it. Um, or mm-hmm. at least that's what it was on Buffy's side. And um, yeah. Spike, like, obviously there's the argument to be made that, oh, um, Angel was cursed with his soul. Spike fought for his soul so that he could be with Buffy. He also did that after trying to rape Buffy, so... Uh, let's not forget mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like at the end of a, I think it all is just kind of summed up in like Spike's last scene in Buffy when Buffy says like, "Oh, I love you," and Spike says, "No, you don't." But thanks for saying it. And mm-hmm. I really do think that is the case. I don't think that Spike and Buffy ever really loved each other to the point where they would be a couple. I think they have this relationship that borders on that like includes intimacy, but it, it's not like a traditional love that like love each other and be together for all time sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I'm siding with Bangel. Sorry, Spuffy fans. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, I think you make some excellent points. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's very telling that the the healthiest time, the, the the healthiest place that Buffy and Spike's relationship ever is, is season seven, um, when they're really not together. Yeah. Um, but they are finally treat coming together at a level of respect for one another, which we hadn't really seen before. Um, I I think the. I, I'm gonna honestly. I'm taking a third option, and it's not Briley. Um, it better fucking not be. <laughs> it's Parker Abrams. No. Oh fuck God. No. <laughs> I actually, I love that Buffy ends the show not only single, but single of her own choosing, and saying, "You know what? I just need to spend some time with me right now, and figure out who I am." Um, yeah, she's baking. She's cookies that, that are baking. Uh, she's she's cookies. Uh, and I know I I know some people think that cookie dough mon- monologue is cheesy, and it is cheesy. But I I really like it because I think it's so mature. Um, and I there are there are aspects of Buffy and Angel together that I really like. Um, but as we just discussed with our uh, basically all throughout season three, um, that at least that point in their lives they are not good for one another and. Um, and obviously Spike and Buffy have issues. (laughs) Yep. So I'm actually team Buffy, Buffy. That's a bit of a cop out, but I'm going to, I'm going to allow it because I also. Or alternatively, Buffy and Faith. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, in the comics, uh, Buffy does have a relationship with a, um, with a female character, with one of the female Uh, slayers. I don't remember what her name is off the top of my head. It is Satsu, okay. It's Satsu, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, because actually there's a great clip. You should go look it up when you have a chance where, because um, there was like a Buffy reunion or something and someone brought up the comics and asked Sarah Michelle Gellar, like, did you know that Buffy like sleeps with a woman in the comic continuation? And Sarah Michelle Gellar is like, what? No. Oh my God. Was it Willow? (laughs) 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 It was was a very funny, like very genuine reaction. And and, like, she seemed thrilled by the idea of like Buffy and Willow getting together. (laughs) By the way, one thing I want to mention in the comics, a point that makes me really mad, not at, not at Xander, but at Buffy. So you would think that in a scene that involves Buffy and Xander, <laughs> I'd be mad at Xander, but no, um, it, it's Buffy. It's when Buffy finds out that Xander and Dawn are like seeing each other, mm-hmm. which I mean, honestly, is kind of weird. Mm. But there's no. I will say this: there's it's not completely lacking of buildup, given that. Uh, Xander and Dawn kind of like sort of established something during season seven, especially after it's revealed that Dawn isn't a potential. Um, yeah. But they, when Buffy finds out about that and she she's upset and Xander wants to know why and, and Buffy says like, well, why not me? And I'm like, no. Yeah, that's not no, a good that's No, no, no. <laughs> like, somehow you managed to make me feel bad for Xander in this. And I don't, I don't appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, that was season eight, right? Yes. Okay. Cause season eight is as far as I've read. I haven't, I haven't read. I believe like eight. the, uh, the Xander Dawn relationship continues into season nine, but it's, I only yeah. read like a little bit of that. Um, yeah. Um, Harrison, 
but bangle or is, is it bangle or bangel i think it's bangel okay he's yeah. angel I, that's what i bangel think. or cangel and cangel of course refers to cordelia and angel okay so here's the one this is the one i was talking about i'm a cangel fan okay i i i, I am um and I will say, I am more of a Cangel fan, uh, and, and I'm going to stop saying that. I'm going to say Cordelia and Angel. Um, <laughs> because it sounds on, uh Yeah. Um, more in the buildup um, and the um, the basis of the relationship. Of course, season four just yeah. fucks everything up. Yeah, the thing of it, I... it's really hard for me to consider Cangel like an actual relationship because it didn't actually yeah. become a relationship. It was... More just like exactly. hinting towards it. Exactly. And that's what's frustrating. Um, so with Buffy and Angel, of course, I, I love Buffy and Angel. I, their passion is beautiful. It's wonderful. They have so much chemistry. They're so hot. But as we, like I already said, as we spend a lot of season three discussing, it's, it's a lot of it is untenable, at least at this point in their lives. Um, a lot of their relationship is based on uh you know danger and uh you know you know all these larger than life things cordelia and angel's relationship builds of course they have a similar um you know they go through a lot it is intense but because they don't come to each other and meet each other uh immediately attracted to each other their relationship is able to grow into a friendship first um, and the, the, the love that grows out of that is really based on, um, uh, intimacy and a mutual respect for one another, um, and, of, and very deep friendship. And, you know, I do understand that for some people, they, they want it to have stopped at the friendship. And I, I get that. And I, I don't necessarily disagree. I just think that based on what we see on screen, a relationship between Cordelia and Angel would have been um, more, um, more, um, more healthy than what Buffy and Angel had at that time, uh, based on how it grew. I'll never know because <laughs> of uh, of how of how everything transpired, but it. Um, I guess what I, I guess Cordelia and Angel's relationship uh, and feelings towards one another felt like they came from a slightly more mature place, um, which is not surprising because Cordelia was much more mature at when all of this was happening. One of the best things about um, Angel is the development of yeah. Cordelia's character through the first three seasons. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so that's my argument. Um, I, 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 I understand I'm in the minority, but no, it's um, a, um, also David Boreanaz and Charisma Carpenter are very beautiful people, and I like watching them kiss. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a no, it's it's good. Um, it's good. It's a good argument. I will say that um, when I was first watching this all play out, obviously in my mind, I'm like, oh well, it's Buffy and Angel forever. So. I don't really care to see to see Buffy and, or to see Buffy and Cordelia. Oh, if only to see um, I mean to see Angel and Cordelia together. Um, I think I think the thing about Cordelia and Angel is 
it really did almost feel like it happened because that's just who was there for the same mm. reason that Buffy and Spike were fucking because, oh, you're there for the same reason that, uh, Z- that Xander and Anya, uh, start fucking at the end of like, <laughs> um, the night before, uh, chosen. Uh, it's because, oh, Hey, you're there. You're a warm body. Um, you mean Xander and Faith? I thought it was Xander and Anya that like hooked up at the like the night before uh wrestling. Oh, I'm sorry. You said in Chosen. I I I I replaced Chosen with Choices oh, in okay. season 3. So I was like, no, that was Faith. Oh, I mean, Faith is in Chosen, but uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah, it really just did yeah, almost no, seem I agree. Yeah, it it just seemed like oh, they're there. Um it, it just kind of seemed like, oh, that's, since they're there, let's try and make something. Um, yeah, and in my mind, I guess I just never saw Angel and mm-hmm. Cordelia being together. That being said, they did have some good moments together. Um, but I, honestly, I kind of like the idea that they develop the sort of relationship that Buffy and Spike develop in season mm-hmm. seven. Uh, more of like friends but like really deeply intimate friends a very intimate friendship. yeah yeah um that being said i know that at the end of season three angel was expecting it to be more because mm-hmm. he did want uh to see cordelia come back um yeah but then of course she came back and she wasn't cordelia so yeah yeah mm. Mm, I have some thoughts. Um, all right. Um, Our last one for this episode. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm not even going to guess yours on the next one because we both have the same answer. Um, and we're, <laughs> I know we're in like completely total agreement on this. Um, which teenager mystically implanted in the show halfway through its run <laughs> is worse? <laughs> Dawn or Connor? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a uh, that's a big ten four on Connor. Um, uh, le- yep. Let me uh, let me explain. So, because there are probably <laughs> people up, who are, there are probably people who are like, "What the fuck? Why do you like Dawn?" And I will admit, Dawn is clearly meant to be that high school to reach that high school demographic that. Buffy and the other Scoobies have kind of grown beyond. Um, so mm-hmm. she's meant there to be with the younger audience. Um, and it does seem like at in season five, she's just a plot device. She's just the key. That being said, I, I do think that Dawn, while she does have her annoying moments... There is, like, more important stuff that she does have really important moments, too. Um, One, the fact that Mm -hmm. uh, Buffy grew to love her even after she found out that Dawn wasn't real. Um, Yeah. Like, she said, like, you're still my sister. Like, this is Summer's blood. That's why she makes the sacrifice in the gift. Um, And it's beautiful. And... Yeah, there are moments when she is... Again, there are moments when she can be annoying. Um, 
her weird klepto phase was yeah like, why <laughs> um and uh but i think i love dawn for the moments of her of her reacting to joyce's death because buffy is immediately in shock mm-hmm. and almost doesn't react at first or can't react whereas dawn gives us the opposite side of that she gives us like the yeah. immediate like crying and sad and um it's good that like you're able to show like that display of emotion um mm-hmm. season six there's not a uh, season six literally just because she kind of becomes like a bit of a punchline but in season yeah. seven <laughs> in season seven she actually does grow to be and i think mm-hmm. it boils down to the episode where she isn't a she isn't a potential she isn't like going to be a potential slayer um she kind of grows to accept that and still wants to help she still wants to be a part of it and uh yeah and yeah i think i think dawn gets a lot more hate than she deserves i'm not saying that she deserves zero hate there's definitely some parts where i'm like oh i'm like that girl in him get out get out get out uh, well, no, I'm gonna be. Like, I'm like that girl in him, like, uh, Dawn. <laughs> One of my favorite yeah. moments that we got to watch together. <laughs> Connor, on yeah. the other um, hand, so well, real quick, because um, before you move on to Connor, yeah, um, since we're on the same side of this, yeah. I just want to share my feelings of Dawn, real do quick. Do it, do it. Um, um, because they they reflect yours pretty similarly. I don't have a lot of issues with Dawn. Um, I actually have a lot of space for Dawn in certain space in certain issues. I think in season five, Dawn is fi- fine. Um, there is the issue that they clearly wrote Dawn younger than they ended up casting Dawn, and that's a little awkward at the beginning of the season. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and um, but they, they you know that shit happens. I can get over that. Um. And, of course, Dawn is so integral to the Season 5 storyline. And, you know, I guess if you don't like the Season 5 storyline, then that's going to be a problem. But I love that storyline, so it doesn't bother me. She can be irritating, but I also understand that this girl's got a lot of trauma going on. Um, Season 6 drops the ball with Dawn. I I do think a lot of people's issues with Dawn stem from Season 6 because it becomes very clear that amongst all of the extremely adult stuff that season six is dealing with, they don't know what to do with Dawn because she's still the kid. So yeah, her klepto thing is just feels really shoehorned in there. It's like, Oh, what do we do with Dawn? She likes to steal things now. Um, And it doesn't, (laughs) it really doesn't go into the trauma that she has experienced in the way that it should in season six. And yeah, I, I I think season six Dawn is terrible. Like I, the writing for her and the storylines they give her are not good. But I do think they course correct in season seven. Like you said, I think she grows a lot in season seven. That episode potential is a great episode for her. And I love that we see, I think, I don't remember who it is, but someone cut later in the season uh, refers to her as Watcher Junior. As we see her grow into a role of like, a researcher and you know like support for the group and taking on a more active role in the gang so also I, she has I, a um she does have 
it might be my favorite exchange in um in conversations with dead people that she's the one that gets to talk uh, with Joyce. I have so many thoughts about conversations with dead people. They are all positive. And Dawn's sequence in conversations with dead people is parts might be the I th- yeah, I think it's the best. It, it's terrifying and she's like hats off to Michelle Trachtenberg cuz she does such a great job um you know, I think her performance can be a little hit or miss, depending. But I think in that episode, she's fucking great. And so, yeah, I have a lot of sympathy for Dawn. Michelle Trachtenberg recently revealed on Instagram that she is engaged. So, good for oh, her. Good for her. <laughs> I do like her a lot. I think she's a. she seems like a charming person. It's really funny how um, I feel like she was a big part of when I was growing up. Like, not only in Buffy, but also on All That, um, Harriet the Spy... Uh, and, um, mm-hmm. then, like, a little older, she was in Eurotrip, but honestly, like, I, di- I didn't really follow any of her stuff after that. Um, yeah. I think she was, I think I remember her being a nurse on an NBC show, maybe? That's, like, literally the last thing I remember her from. She was in, uh, she was in some, a couple episodes of Weeds, um, I remember, and, uh, uh, she's in the 2006 remake of Black Christmas, which is all right. <laughs> all right. All right's better than terrible. Um, all right. So l- now let's talk about Connor. Okay. So. Ugh, the, I mean, we have to. The entire idea of Connor is. I think it's just dumb. I. That. Um, yeah, that. Uh, that Darla and Angel could have a baby that's a human um i don't remember like exactly how they explain that um oh i i do okay because i rewatched angel recently so in the episode when darla is still human in season two um they do and she's dying of syphilis because that's what she was dying of as a human right Angel goes through like the trials to give Darla a second chance. I do remember that. Uh, uh, yeah, he's like, um, and then so he he wins the trials and he earns a life. But they're like, wait a minute, Darla's already on her second chance. So sorry. And then eventually, it's revealed that Jasmine um, manipulated that event. And that that life that Angel earned was Connor, and then of okay. course that was all. And I do I will God, that is say convoluted as shit. Yes, and I don't think that was the plan. I think that was just something they were like, uh, here's how we can connect these pieces when we need them connected. Uh, yeah, I, I will say the episode Lullaby though hits super hard. It, it basically mm-hmm. takes a um. It takes, like, a storyline that I was not into at all and, like, just gives it this, like... Yeah. Oh, we really want you to like this storyline. And I do like that episode. That episode is um mm-hmm. has amazing moments in it. Um, and I would yeah. say, like, that trial does... The trials episode does as well. Um, but, yeah, I just... Like, um, then that, that leads into Provider, um, mm-hmm. which... And stuff like that, it just doesn't really seem... It, it it seems almost like whenever there's a baby introduced into a sitcom, like it, yeah. it completely changes things, which I mean is what happens in real life. It's just that 
you aren't really interested in seeing those things on TV. Um, yeah. And it's be- actually almost a relief when Connor gets kidnapped. Like, yeah. But then, unfortunately, while Connor's in the hell dimension thinking that Holt is his father, that Holtz, yeah. is it Holt or Holtz? Uh, Holtz. Okay. And Holtz is basically training him for years uh, to believe that Angel is a fucking awful person. He then comes back and basically makes it his goal to kill Angel. And, oh God, like, such a piece of shit. Like, it's a storyline that, uh, you know, I mentioned this when we talked about it recently. When John and I were watching that season, season four, that season, um, John was like, he made a comment where he was like, this kid has gone through so much trauma. So, like, I should be able to sympathize with where he's coming from. You know, he's been gaslit. He's been abused. Um, you know, I, I the, we should have an easier time empathizing with him. But he's so fucking awful that we don't. Like he really is, and I honestly don't know if that's if that's the writing or if that's just how Vincent Carthriser plays it. Because I am not a fan of Vincent Carthriser. I think he, I think he is able to too easily slip into the role of an absolute asshole. Um, I've only seen like the first season and a half of Mad Men, but his character in that Pete kind of follows that trend as well. I don't know if he eventually gets better, but every time he's in something, it always comes across as he always comes across as just a jackass, and it makes me feel bad because he's married to Alexis Bledel. I'm like, come <laughs> on, man, come on, Alexis, you're better than that. Well, hopefully he's a he's a better person in real life, and I do think part of it is the writing. I mean, we've already talked about how that season's a mess, but I I feel like his. Um, because his two appearances in season five, um, he's much, as you mentioned, particularly his appearance in Not Fade Away, he's much more easier to deal with. Yeah, he's much they, more palatable. They literally had to alter reality to make him a decent <laughs> character. Whereas, like, yeah. reality was altered to make Dawn a character. So, <laughs> right. But yeah, like, uh, Connor spends so much more time in the doghouse for me than Dawn ever does. So, Agreed. Yeah, like, it, and it's like he's, it always, it's always like he's trying to be a villain, but he's just being bad at it. You're not a villain. You're yeah. an annoyance. You're, you're like he's... Buddy at the beginning of Incredibles. You're not Syndrome yet. You're just Buddy. <laughs> and you're terrible. And it's, I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to come up with, oh, hi, Batman. Um, <laughs> By the uh, way, um, for the Jason's for listeners, cat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've talked about like um, uh, how I recently had a uh, had a person move into my house and live, and she brought along um, her cat Batman, who very much enjoys whenever I'm like talking with somebody on whether it be through Zoom or through FaceTime, <laughs> like I am now, and he's just like, "Hey, I need to be a part of this. Let me be in this." Yep. So he just leapt onto Jason's lap. Yeah, it's no, very cute. It, yeah, and he's like just sprawling out now. So yeah. um, I'm glad. Thank you for like waiting until the very end of the episode, at least. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I was. Uh, my I just my final thoughts were yeah, it's just. I think really poor writing, 
um, harms Connor's character because they forgot to give him any sympathetic traits. I, I feel like they expected his backstory to do all of the heavy work for um, uh, for for to make up for his really negative traits. But then also stuff like that doesn't help is that he just kind of comes across as an idiot because of how easily uh, Jasmine slash Cordelia manipulates him. And like, he basically, if anybody says anything bad about Angel, they're immediately like his best friend. Right. Like, yeah. And that's, that's something that could have been explored. They could have gone into why is that? Why is, you know, how does that psychology work with him? But they don't. It's just, yeah, it, it's, it's just bad character work. Um, it's just a character that doesn't work and literally rewriting reality so that he isn't there anymore uh, helped the show like improve for the better as we said because season four is such a low point for angel and season five is such a fucking high point for it so and part of that i do believe (laughs) is the absence of connor it is all right um so that was our final topic for this uh we're gonna we're gonna be back at you with part two of our hot takes um because we discovered we had more to talk about than we expected. And uh, yeah. we don't want this to run aggressively long. Believe it or not, we talk a lot about Buffy and Angel. <laughs> we do. All right. Well. But hey, um, and if you guys have some hot takes um, that are different than ours, feel free to send them in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, we will be back with our next hot takes. Um, but, uh, we will also be back for our regular season on October 22nd with Buffy season four premiere, The Freshman. Do something crazy. Do something crazy. (laughs) I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij357, or you can find me on Twitter at just plain old yamij. I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. I also have a blog where I talk about horror movies once a week. Uh, That's horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com. This month, I am doing a uh, month-long revisit of the Halloween franchise, specifically the first four, because there are four four weeks in a month. And um, I believe when this episode drops... I will have just posted my review of Halloween 2, um, plus a couple other uh, posts that I've made since our last episode. All right, and uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out. And yeah, send us your hot takes. And also, if you if you enjoy these like untraditional episodes... Uh, let us know if you um, have any ideas that you uh, guys want us to do. We will consider yeah. them. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, also, please don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your Aunt Gertrude, um, tell your watcher, uh, tell whomever. So. But don't tell Hank. <laughs> <laughs> And as always, go slay. And be gay. Bye. See you in part two.